so excited you're along for the rise. Here at Rising, we talk all things manifestation, life purpose, and more. Join me in today's episode as we rise together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Rising. It is your host, Nista Dubey, and we are here with Joe Weeby chatting intentional learning experiences, the journey of self-discovery. Joe and I met back in Akimbo um, in August of 2020 during peak pandemic time. He's in Australia currently as we speak, and I'm in DC. So Joe, thanks for making the time and being here today. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Oh, the privilege is all mine. I'm really, really excited to be here, and we're going to cover a lot I'm sure so let's yeah let's do it yeah well okay so let's talk post akimbo we met that week we had a phone Mm. call pretty shortly Mm. after and we were chatting about the school system and our thoughts on it so I'm just curious to hear what that's like for you today I know we were just chatting about it off air but um interested Mm. in kind of reiterating what you told me to our audience today anything that you want to point out or potentially bring light to Yeah, thank you very much. Well, if I was going to summarize it, I would say that, and Australia is slightly different to the States and Canada and stuff and Europe, but there are a lot of the common common problems, I think, which are that, you know, the whole when we're young coming through our schooling systems, um, it's very batch-based. It's very much, it's a little bit outdated, obviously, in my opinion, and it's a little bit best for all. There's value in there. But there's a lot of, I guess, there's a lot of restrictions and, and drawbacks. So it's hard. Everyone, I think, understands that. But it's hard for any individual kind of make a big change. And then I guess the the other state, the other part of it is then you turn 17 or 18 years old, you normally leave high school or you sort of officially out in the adult world now. And you kind of it's kind of this ejector seat experience. It's kind of just this big whoosh shit out of the roof of the car. And then most people have no idea where they're going. There's so many great tools, um, even, you know, universities and, and colleges can be amazing tools for getting your, your kind of learning journey underway. Um, but even stuff online and, and unstructured learning, there's so many opportunities, there's so many tools. The big gap is probably guidance, I feel. The big gap is probably guidance and I guess the way to really kind of connect with and meet with like-minded people. I think a big word for me as we're talking about is journeys because learning and your education is normally for a reason it's not just to learn for the sake of it it's it's kind of like a journey it's kind of you're learning cool things is a great experience in and of itself you find things that are interesting but obviously it gives you the power to do things the power to you know make a co- make a podcast um, be a psychologist be a doctor um, be an entrepreneur whatever it might be um, education is is hand in hand with your journey so it's kind of like they, they have to flow a lot easier and better, in, in my opinion, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think we will dive more in depth on that. But I think for you, I'm just curious at asking, because I think everyone has that one like aha moment of, okay, mm. this is like filled with layers and layers of societal conditioning. What was that moment for you? And then how did that experience allow you to transition into now what you're doing full time, which is overturning these systems to create intentional learning yeah yeah um i think i i left uh, just to give you the the brief rundown which i talk about in the book um i left high school i'm just careful with terminology because in australia u.s a little bit different but high school i wanted to be a filmmaker was my dream 
but I had a lot of fear. I didn't know which like first step to take, etc. I had a lot of doubt. So what I ended up doing was studying a, a degree at university as a backup, and that was in psychology. And I did that for three years. I didn't have the most amazing time, but it just felt like something I had to do and get through to have like a kind of backup, a, a profession, so to speak, behind me. And then I just had a very funny experience in my last year where my friend started a nonprofit in Nepal, of all things. And it's just funny how this links to education, right? That I kind of got involved just because my friend was doing it. He kind of wanted, wanted me involved and helping him out and stuff and fundraising, all this little stuff we did. And it was by doing that, not, I was 21, I think at the time, 20 or 21. And just by doing this um, project and going to Nepal a little bit and meeting cool people and trying to learn how to do all this stuff I'd never heard of before, I learned so much doing that. Like I learned so much through experience. And then I met really cool people doing that who then started compounding my learning more, right? Instead of just hanging out with my, my high school friends who I still had, um, I had people who were in business and people who were, you know, in, in charities and et cetera, and meeting people who were in Nepal. And it was a much more holistic experience than I could ever get on my um, university campus. And so it just opened my eyes to the fact that, wow, we learn so much more by kind of getting our hands into things and playing and, and doing that. So from there, we just, I just became very interested, not in necessarily just what I was doing in Nepal, but also how much people learn by doing really cool projects. And then I guess when I look at whatever format of learning we do that's sitting in a classroom or anything like that, you just can't facilitate that sort of learning, that sort of experience in any sort of classroom setting so that's from then it's just always been in my mind that we kind of need to do more to bring those kind of cool projects intertwined with the right people on a new level of intentionality into more people's lives because I got into it by accident and so it's kind of like oh what's this midpoint how do we kind of structure the opportunity flow for people um, to do more of this stuff so that's yeah that's basically the that's basically the seed that got me to look back at what I was doing and go, geez, that makes no sense, Joe. Yeah. And that's really cool that you had that experience. I remember briefly reading about that in the introduction of your book and how that's when you met all of the people that went into writing this. I'm interested in hearing what that initial conversation was like, because it seems like you all have this sort of, you know, unique approaches and experiences, but there is this underlying commonality that everyone is seeing an essential flaw yeah. in this system. How did that conversation with them come about to the point where you're all mm. sitting together and saying, let's write yeah. this book? So it was actually mainly my friend, Scott. So Scott is a, uh, he's pretty cool. He's a tech, you know, tech startup co-founder, a company called Espresso that make cool second screens for laptops so you can work remotely and have a second screen. But he had done the nonprofit thing with me and we had been high school friends. So we'd always had this burning ambition, like, and he worked at a university as well. He had a great university experience. It was kind of the mirror of mine, but we still knew there's just more that can be done. And I, I acknowledge that the systems we have, like, are, are limited, say, high school, even, say, um, universities, et cetera. But I tend to just focus less on the flaws than plugging the gaps and just offering other stuff. It's kind of like plugins to those experiences, all right? And we can, we can certainly partner and work with a lot of those universities, colleges, people already at. Um, but to answer your question around how the conversation started, 
you know, in 2019, he thought, oh, it'd be really cool, like, you know, people's pathways and finding the right thing for them and actually getting to try heaps of stuff, um, even if it's a university degree or if it's doing their own projects. Like, it's, there's, there's just no clarity on, on what you need to know. Um, so he's like, it'd be cool if we interviewed all these people and asked them what advice they'd give their 18-year-old selves. And I was like, that's a cool idea, but I'm a bit busy at the moment. But then I guess a year later, COVID hit. My real estate business that I was doing quieted down heaps. I had time to think. I was like, I think this is a sign. I think this is like it's time to try and offer more value in the education space. And so me and him first had the idea. I was going to drive it because I had more time. And I was obviously, as you know, I'm very interested in writing in general. So it's like, we're going to use this project. Um, to not only learn more about writing, but to give people that Nepal project experience that we had. Um, so we actually basically got six of the other authors for the, for the book um, that were just friends of ours, or I'd met them doing a podcast launch and stuff like that. Some of them did our Akimbo program with us, um, all, all based in Australia, around where I am in Sydney. And we actually just told them, hey, how about we get together and um, Tell our, tell our stories in a book and then you guys will learn so much from just the writing experience from doing something you'd never never do. And like you said, they're very diverse backgrounds. So these are just, if one guy works at a hotel in the HR department, one guy is running a kite surfing school, one of our girls is, is 19, just turned 19. Wow. So she's just out of high school. One girl's a midwife. You know, these people aren't didn't didn't come to us with the ambition of like, oh, we want to become authors. We went to them and said, sure. hey, wouldn't it be cool if you keep doing what you're doing, but we also do this book? And they're like, yeah, we can fit that in because it's kind of like one chapter each. So everyone got the experience, like knowing what a book is like and learning how to work in a team in an unstructured kind of um, self-directed project. Um, but we also wanted to tell a story that was also important. So it's like there's, there's two benefits of the book for us was that, yeah, we get to learn a lot by doing this. Then also hopefully what we create is also really, really super useful for other young people because the, the book's called 18 and Lost, So Are We. So that feeling like being lost after high school is very common. I certainly had it. Um, yeah, like how can we kind of bridge the gap um, in terms of the guidance there. So that's, yeah, that's kind of how it all kind of came together. It's really, it's, you know, it's, it's a bit different, but we, it excited the hell out of us. Yeah. And it is different, but I think it's also necessary. And I wish that the conversation was more talked about because I know for me, it was something that I didn't even realize until I graduated university. So we have college mm -hmm. and then we have high school prior to college and university and college yep. are the same thing. We use them interchangeably. Yep. I know it's yep. different. Interchangeably. I've learned that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize there were two different things Finally. in other <laughs> locations of the world. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, it was after graduating college slash university that I was like, I don't really know what the hell I want, but I have this degree in my hands. And it was, interesting how you had this like game changing experience during COVID because I did as well because at that point mm -hmm. I was applying to corporate jobs or teaching jobs thinking that I needed to work under someone and there was a voice in my head that was like well you've always wanted to speak and write and do something different and have your own platform wow. or brand of sorts and I was yeah, like wow. no, no no chill out chill out I don't want to hear this voice in my head because it's scary you don't want to listen to your intuition <laughs> I think humans sure. are innately terrified of our brilliance. Like we are scared wow. of it because it is vulnerable. 
And so I was like, no, you know, I'm just going to work at this job. And I had a friend call me out and was like, you sound so unhappy even telling me about this. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm, there's no part of me that's excited for it. I'm just doing it because that's what you do. And there was that little part of me that was like, well, how long are you going to keep doing that? When does time come to make that shift? And what better time than a global pandemic where you're stuck in your house all the time to start doing that? Like I have Wi-Fi at the wow. access of my fingertips. Wow. And so it was, a, it was a game, that was a game changing thing for me. And I know that you, you know, in this book, you talk about where we can bridge those gaps, but in your mind, what does that look like for you? Like, where does that begin? Mm. Well, you touched on something incredibly important there, which is like initiative, right, for you. And COVID was, a say, a trigger for you and for me, right? Um, um, but the, the trigger is only, you know, is, is great, um, but only if you're going to actually do something about it. And what you've done, even yourself, is very, is very brave and admirable. Um, from an outsider's perspective and but it's not common it's also not common and a lot of people it's like I in the in my chapter I called this I called it six out of ten life because I went that's what I experienced at university which is like life's not that bad you know it's not three out of ten it's not two out of ten right but it's it's six out but six out of ten is dangerous in a very different way in that because it's six and it's not bad, you don't actually make a change because you're like, ah, oh, I'll do this job for a couple of years, then I'll go. Damn. You know, so That's, I call it yeah. six out of 10 life. And wow. a lot of people I talk to, they're like, damn, that resonates. That's how I feel. I'm like, yeah, that's, and I think Western society is very, very common trap. And I call it a trap because you only have, not to get very dramatic on you and philosophical, but. That's what the show is for. Okay, good, good. All right, we're rising. We're raising the bar. We don't know even how long we're going to live. But even if we're going to live till 80, 90, it's not endless time, right? Like three years of your life is more than 3% of your life for most people listening listening to this. So it's like, how do you want to invest it? So I guess it's when I think about, all right, your question was how do we bridge that gap? Huge gap, right? I think it's mainly... Um, giving people plenty of like little mini mini COVID moments, right? Which is like someone listening to this might be forced to think because they're listening to this conversation, damn, where am I heading? Because I guess a lot of us, it's not natural. A lot of us just kind of just just do things. Like I was talking to a friend, a high school friend at a party on Saturday, and he's like, yeah, I just copied what my dad did with his career so far. He's 25, 26 like me. He's like, I, I didn't even do what I wanted. I just copied what my dad did. It's like, it was kind of like automatic. I didn't think about it. And he's, you know, next year's our 10-year reunion after school. So, you know, I just, you know, he's talking about how he feels six out of 10 life. And that's, that's with 10, like, I don't know. People don't want to end up like that. You want to have had an adventure. You want to have had a journey. Like, take the dips and the highs. So a lot of the opportunities to kind of just, kind of get you to think a bit bigger for a second about where you're heading, you know, where you're tunneling towards. You know, when you're tunneling, I guess you got to just look up at the light every now and then and just check where you've actually ended up because it's hard when you're just caught up in the doing, when you've got exams coming up, when you've got assignments due or when you've got deadlines for work. And sometimes people, I can feel like people just need more time to think is one. But I guess on an even simpler level, which is important not to take for granted, 
people don't even realize that it's okay to change what they're doing. So what you talked about there with your own experience doesn't actually occur logically to people. A lot of people have the assumption that you don't do what you're passionate about. Work is about just like paying the bills, setting yourself up for the future and a whole lot of, pardon the French, right. bullshit and nonsense, right? And what's different about, say, someone like you is that you actually gave yourself permission, maybe with the help of a friend, to think, yeah, well, it doesn't have to be like this. It can be like this. Uh, there's an example in uh, Chapter 6, Josh, my good friend, who talked about when he was making decisions after um, leaving high school. He looked at his dad, he looked at his brother, and he noticed that they were just like head down working somewhere, just working away, not necessarily doing their, their dream. So he's like, oh, I guess people don't do their dream. They just like, you know, find an acceptable kind of job to do for a while. So that's the idea that got planted in his mind and no one had the chance to intervene because it wasn't so much a conversation. He just took it as an idea in his mind. So hopefully with, with our book, we're trying to get the conversation happening. We, we actually want people at the end to tell their stories and share them somewhere, to be honest, because it's not enough that we wrote about our, like whatever, when we were 18 and how we ended up now and we're say 22, 25 years old, whatever it is. Um, we want people to actually be talking more to their friends, to their parents, to people at their school, so that you understand the different people's decision-making processes. So you get more, you think more broadly about how you can make that decision. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot, a lot of the thinking tools we have are just a bit, bit limited. So sorry, there's a couple of, I hopped around a bit there, but I hope that was an adequate kind of response to your question. No, that was, that was amazing. I'm catching along just fine, at least on my end. What I think <laughs> was so powerful that you said is it doesn't occur to people that to change is okay and that they'll be safe. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's one of the points that we have to hit as well, because it's like, I didn't have that validation until I saw people who came from a similar background that I did and I saw the stories. Yeah. And that's where I think this book is going to be really powerful because I saw people like Haley Hoffman Smith on TikTok, who is a couple years older than me, had a very similar upbringing, is doing kind of the same thing I am. And I was like, oh, another girl who grew up in a Western society. Her parents were always supportive of her, went to college, was really ambitious, did the whole thing. She graduated. Um, and then went into like publishing a book and starting a podcast and making content. And I was like, wait, I go. can do that. Um, and so for me, it was like, oh, I'll be fine because Haley was fine. And so I think that's mm. the power of your book. It's just weird to think of the butterfly effect of how things happen. And yeah. I think there's just so much power in those little moments. And so I kind of want to iterate that for everyone who's listening to this episode right now. Don't overlook the little moments and the small decisions because it all kind of catalyzes uh, over time. You're, you're opening up a can of worms there. On the first point, I want to talk about the role model effect that you, that you first talked about in that, that beautiful um, passage there. Um, there's a, there's a, this, this book I read called, I think it's The Talent Code. Um, by Daniel Coyle and um, it, it talks about how you know being a female Russian tennis player was not that common until a lady I believe it was checking my history knowledge here but Anna Kornikova I think in the early 1990s or the late 1990s I can't remember 
that she was kind of like this this pioneer. And then after that, you know, a, a generation later, you've got a stack of just gun gun female Russian tennis players. And the same for female Korean golfers. I can't remember this the golfer's name, but there was. I think she won the US Open. I'm not a golf fan, so I apologize. But she won the US Golf Open, I think in 2001 or something like that. And then kind of 10 years later, you saw the same thing. You saw all these people like, oh, she can do it. I can do it. And that that gives people so much um, permission. It's just permission to think that it can be them. And it's 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 super important. So I guess hopefully with, with our book, there's a big diversity of people there. And again, I don't know, depending what your metric is of, um, of success, like I don't even know if you, I, it's deliberately not a group of successful people. It's just a whole range of people. We've got, say, Byron, who's got a very big uh, uh, podcast and a massive TikTok following, right? And you've got Scott, who's got his tech startup. So you've got, I guess, some of that. And then you've just got every, everyday people. And um, success is a funny word to me. It's like, you know, when I, even when I, Say, say we're talking right now, so you're a good example. Like, you know, you're a very kind person. You know, you're a very lovely person. And we always have great conversations. And, and you know, all the people we've met together through Akimbo are incredibly lovely people. And even, you know, before we start thinking about the job we have and stuff like that, that's a pretty important bedrock in my opinion. So it depends on, yeah, it depends on so much. The other thing I'll talk about, though, when you talk about, yeah, imagine if you hadn't, um, you know, that friend who referred you to Akimbo and COVID. There's this kind of little construct I have called the Thousand Doors, which is like, you know, I guess what a lot of people don't realize that they're making, say they're making a decision about college right now and they're choosing, you know, this, this college or that college or eventually need to get into a specific degree or whatever they're doing. But what a, people, a lot of people don't appreciate is that you can only see what's in the room you're in now, right? You can only see like the current options. Because once you actually go do something else or you make a decision or you take up one opportunity, it's kind of like opening that door. So what, even though you don't know what's behind that door, you'll see new things when you get into the next room. And then in that room, there'll be even more doors, right? And you actually get all these random connections that actually lead you to amazing places that you couldn't see when you're in the first room. So for example, how I got to Akimbo is in June last year, I was like, oh yeah, I want to like embrace, you know, a bit more, meet more people who are like mine. Right. So this, this guy I met on Facebook was launching this podcast and I asked about it. He's like, come to the launch. And then I came to the launch and he had, you know, 10 people he brought together for the launch of his podcast because he wanted to introduce strangers. That's what the podcast was all about. And then um, two of those people that were, the, sorry, three of the people that were there, I met them for the first time, were actually some of the authors that worked on this book with me. So if I hadn't opened that first door, I wouldn't have met almost half of the authors for this book. Wow. But then he also, the same guy, his name's Andrew Reese, and the podcast is, is Hello Stranger. Um, he'd done the first Emerging Leaders program that we did. And he's like, oh, Joe, I think you'd be really good, like, in this. And so I was like, yeah, sure. And then, so I went and did the Emerging Leaders program and then that's how I met you, right? And then Andrew actually also introduced me to Byron, who's one of the other authors too. And so, and he's, he's, uh, his podcast, Driven Young, is all about educating young Australians mainly, but educating and inspiring like the younger generation, things we don't learn in high school. 
And so it's all these random connect, these random doors. If you don't embrace uncertainty a little bit. So when I was saying yes to go to that guy's podcast launch, Andrew's podcast launch, I had no idea what it would lead to. We didn't even know we we're going to do the book yet. And so that's the kind of little bit of the joy that comes with kind of embracing a little bit of the uncertainty. So a job is very, uh, provides a lot of security and safety in the short term. And, you know, it's important to make sure your bills are paid and your life is viable and sustainable. But it's, it's the long term and, and the, excite, the excitement for me comes when I don't even know right now what I'll be doing in one year from now. I don't know specifically, right? You don't either. And how do you feel about that? I'm at a point in my life now where I feel like um, it's almost like I don't have an attachment to an emotion because I'm just so content in the flow. But if you told me that maybe a year ago, yeah, definitely would have caused some nerves to start swirling around there. So exactly. And I guess what it does, it just it gives you the that enables you to kind of just take a little bit more risks every now and then. And but the risks are like, you know, I say risks like there's something bad could happen, but really like the worst case scenario is probably better than the, again, the six out of 10 life, which just depends on how you think about it. Because if it's a six out of 10 experience, but it's safe, then, you know, maybe, maybe I'd, I don't personally, I'd probably just rather fail, fail at something. Um, so it's just very interesting. That's why a big word for me is that word journey. Um, because yeah, it's just, it's all these little things that actually build your journey. It's my random friend saying, come do this thing with me in Nepal. And it's a lot of those random things that actually are really important turning points in your life. I think for me, what resonated was you being like, I'd rather fail. And I know you said that with quotes, whatever conventionally Mm. failure means to people listening to this, then be in that complacent life. I'm like, for me, failure would be the complacency. Like it would be the six out of 10 for the rest of my life. Um, Because I don't see going after a business idea and it not working out as failure. I see that as like, Mm. oh, cool. It just wasn't it. Redirection almost. I know it sounds cliche, but really how I view things. I know it's harder for other people to view things that way. Um, So I feel Mm. like those are other things to observe. It's like, how does it serve you to stay in the six out of 10? How does it serve you to remain complacent? What are the long-term effects of that? And then comparing this fear that we have of going after what we want um, with the love that we have for like ourselves and our purpose. I think that was something huge that my friend pointed out to me because I was talking to her about my fear of judgment with like hate comments on social media. Sometimes I'll get those on TikTok like everyone does. And I was like, that's terrifying me, dude. And I was like to the point where I don't know if I would continue doing it. And she just asked me, well, do you have more fear of what other people would say than love for your purpose and what you're meant to do and that for me was like shit like I I can't afford to do that because wow well put yeah I was like I can't do that you know because in that moment I was by saying that statement and so I think that's a continuous thing I remind myself a lot of this stuff when we talk about like it's it's hard being on this side of this sort of experience and explaining it to say a younger version of me. In my, in my chapter, I had a hypothetical conversation with my 18-year-old self, for example. And I was talking to him about he wants to do film. And it, like, it was actually very, it was very emotional because I was like having this conversation. He's like, how many films have we made? Like, you know, you're 25. Like, have we won an Oscar yet? Like, all this stuff. And these were ideas that were going through my head when I was 18. 
and I have to, it's like in the, in that chapter, I have to sit him down and say, no, we haven't, we haven't made any films. Like we never, we, the fear got to us and we kind of abandoned that and went down this kind of safe route, but like then fate kind of jerked us back on, on track and he's like very emotional, but it's always hard to explain these things to people who haven't kind of had an experience or taste of it. And that's why I find that things that make sense to people already make sense to people are the useful kind of carriage way to getting from what they understand now to what they don't know. Like I think of, I don't know, I think of the world we, we play around in now as like Narnia, you know, like, you know, and, and again, there's a door, right? There's a door to Narnia. Like it's, it's right there in the world you're already living in. Um, you know, it's not far away. You just open it and it's this whole new kind of magical world and you never look at the everyday world the same. And that's what crossing out of the kind of six out of 10 life is, is all about. I mean, it's not about, I, I have nothing against having a job, corporate companies, whatever. Like some, sometimes that can be great. My question is normally for people, what's the best for you, right? So for you or I, corporate job, is that like the best contribution we can be having? Probably not at this stage. Maybe I'll work at one in future. I, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to rule anything out. Um, also on the, on the like, yeah, the hate you get and stuff like that, it's really interesting. I love what Seth Godin says. It's like there's, there's a ton of one-star reviews for Harry Potter on Amazon. You know, like if something, if something was yeah. loved by everyone, it would actually be so average because it's trying to please everyone. Yes. It would actually have – it wouldn't speak to anyone in particular. So it's almost like the negatives are – in some sense, desirable. It shows that you're actually, you know, um, brave enough to, to stand out and, and offer an opinion that defies the norm. Because think about it, if it pleases yeah. everyone, it must, to actually please everyone, something would have to be so, like, devoid of anything brave or creative. Yeah. You know, it's actually, like, like what's a movie that everyone will love? It would have to be a gene very generic kind of Hollywood film, right? So... For anyone listening who's probably made, not made that kind of transition that you've made, because um, I know it's maybe not everyone who listens is, is on TikTok or anything like that or has an audience or is cultivating an audience, but this is part of the problem with how we choose our careers. We're trying to do things that please everyone else's standards. That's, that's a big part of the problem because it doesn't come from you. You're going to do your best work that resonates with you, that lights you on fire, yeah. right? Not what lights other people on fire. Um, you know, the best, the best kind of fuel comes from within, right? So uh, it's just there's the, that's a big part of it as well, and that's something I fell into. I appreciate that you mentioned that it is more about what is right for you because I think intentionality is the big thing. And that's another thing because you'll see on social media all these entrepreneurs talking about like the whole, oh, I left the nine to five grind to pursue my online business. And that's awesome. Yeah. But I appreciate that you mentioned it is about how you can best impact humanity and how you can best serve yourself in this moment because I think that's what goes unnoticed. And it almost reminds me of, so, you know, I talk about a, a law of attraction quite a bit. Um, in my brand, you know, I talk about manifestation and all of that, but there's other universal laws as well. Um, one of them is called the law of polarity. So the law of polarity basically states that you have to go through experiences that are the opposite of what you would ever want in life to know what you even would want. And so 
I think well, there's so much value in being in these, you know, in, in the spiritual world, we'll call it the matrix. We call school or mm. nine to five or corporate job. We say yeah. the matrix, right? There's value yeah. in being there because not everyone is at a place where they can internalize, oh my gosh, I want to be a creator. I want to change the world or I want to start a nonprofit or write a book. Not everyone is there. Mm. And some like, in, you know, I guess because we're already getting deep in the show on a spiritual level, I don't think every soul is even meant to have that in this lifetime our purposes are different and they don't always relate to career and if you have to get a corporate job or a nine-to-five job and you know it allows you to pay the bills and it makes you feel safe and secure that's fine because your purpose could be having a family and that's something that's so not talked about again yeah, because i think that entrepreneurs have this I call it entrepreneur ego. And I had it myself. I had the sense of pride of like, oh, I'm not doing mm. a typical thing, but I'm reaching yeah. a place now where I'm like, okay, well, if I call myself a spiritual person, then that shouldn't even be a thought. Like I'm observing that I feel that way, but wow. that pride needs to go away because all of these other people right now who are in that experience are gaining awareness from it on a soul level to the point where maybe one day they can step out of it. One day they won't, who knows, but it's mm. not my place to say, oh, they're living a X out of 10 life, which a year ago, me, I totally would have viewed people that way. Um, so that's something I've learned across the past year of just like letting go of those judgments and understanding that people learn from their present experiences, even if to you, it might not match your worldview or what would be right for you. So I'm glad that you mentioned that intentionality component. And I think that wow. conversation needs to exist in the entrepreneur space wow. more. Well, I didn't even realize how strong, like, even though I've known you for a couple of months, you know, a while now, I didn't even know that you had that emphasis. And I'm just so, um, so impressed by that because that's exactly what I believe. It's exactly what I believe. And yeah, I'm becoming way more spiritual now than ever before too. Really? Um, I didn't know you were into spirituality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I don't, probably not to the depth you are, but there's a couple of books I've read recently. Like, well, I'm a big fan of Awareness by Anthony DeMello. Um, James Redfield's books, The Celestine Prophecy and, the, okay. and, and yeah. those ones. I just read Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now. And it's funnily enough what I kind of, this probably won't make much sense. I actually think from a business perspective, they're actually the best books to read, <laughs> not even like actual business books because they just give you a much broader perspective and help you approach things with the right energy. Um, one of the one of the big lines I've come to just make my rule for life. I thought I put it in the chapter. It's not my line. It comes from an Aussie entrepreneur called Jack Delosa, but it's I only do what only I can do. And he used it in the context of business delegation in his book. But I was just like, no, that's a good principle for life. Yeah. You know, and there is um, there is great like one of my heroes is my grandfather my grandfather never had social media he never had an email list he never he wasn't much of a businessman yeah. he's just a very he didn't say much he's just a very humble you know beautiful man and he was always there for you and he always looked after his family he never said bad things about people you know he worked hard all his life just to put food on the table and struggled like you know he's my hero and no one no you know people went People in 10 years, 100, oh, sorry, like 100 years, et cetera, won't, won't know his name. But it's like, um, that's what I mean. Like, I, I don't really, this is this word success that normally, um, that's why I'm proud that this book has not got like, you know, celebrities or anything like that. It's got everyday people because I just argue that that's more, that's more relatable. 
to, to, to the everyday person. Like, you know, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman, for example, or some, I don't know, a big actor or something like that. Like there's a lot of great people who are capable of a lot, achieved a lot professionally, but that might not be as relatable to the everyday person. Like what you said hit on the nail in terms of you're looking at people who are just slightly a couple of years older than you from a similar kind of area and background. They're the people you relate to. So that's why we tried to give eight stories of eight very different people um, with the hope that for a lot of the people reading it, like one of them will speak very closely to, to you, the reader, and just give you permission to kind of ask that question. What's best for me? What is it that, you know, what's one of the things that only I can do or only I'm really good at? And it might be just having a family. And the one the question I, I don't know if you ever have this experience, but a lot of the conversations I have and people are like, what are you up to? And then I say, yeah, I'm doing this, what are you up to? And, they're like, yeah, I do this, but, you know, I'm just working for someone else, you know, like I'm just paying their mortgage or they say things like that. And they're like, at least what you're doing, you know, you, you, you capture the value of it, for example. And I'm like, man, it's not even the point. It's not even the point. Like it's, it's not about, um, it's not about me. It's, it's just like this, I don't know, like just, Taking ownership of your path is probably just going to make it more fun. It's going to make it more meaningful. And it's just, it's just better. It's just more authentic. It's just a more authentic, grounded experience. And um, if it's in a job at a company or if you're running your own thing or starting your own podcast, that doesn't matter as much as what that really looks like for you. Yeah, and I think that just for you guys to have written this book is inspiring for the common person who's listening to the show and who's always wanted to start a podcast or write a book or make content. I have so many friends who want to, and they're like, well, I don't know if I'm qualified enough. And I'm saying that in quotes again. Mm, um, yeah. And here's the thing. It's like, well, you talked about this sense of divide that comes up when you are reading, you know, I was, I was in Barnes and Noble today and I was passing by like Michelle and, and Barack Obama's books. And I'm like, I was just skimming through the pages. I'm like, this is beautiful. Like they're just beautiful people have so much respect for them, but there is that divide of like, wow, I, I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to be the president. And so, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, like small and, sample, isn't it? I'm like, I wrote this little poetry book. Like we'll see if it can yeah. even get on the shelf in Barnes and Noble. And so I appreciate. Do you like, just, do you just go there and put it on the shelf? Maybe. I could, low key. <laughs> I could do that. Just leave it there for someone to purchase and then they can just walk out. Put a little QR code on it. and then, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you guys should feel so proud for writing this because most people mm. who consider themselves, you know, as you mentioned, these are all everyday person. Most people who consider themselves to be the everyday person are scared to put their voice out there because they're like, what's my ethos? Like, why? Oh, and so we, I we think, had that. Yeah. The yeah. Were, yeah. Not nervous. Like, people are going to want to hear about me. I'm like... I don't even care. I know I do. There you go. I want to hear about thing. you. Because I just, I feel like now your experiences are going to validate so many other people who are reading it and so forth. So I think that for me on my end, I want listeners who are hearing this conversation to walk away with like, there is power in sharing your story because someone out there will resonate with it and it'll inspire them to make that, open that Agreed. one of their 1000 doors. And I, that's the yep. thing. It's like never gloss over or sleep on the value that you could have as a person for someone else. Joe, um, go ahead and 
tell us a little bit more about where readers can find this book eventually, where they can find you on social mm. media. Thank you. So the book's called 18 and Lost, so are we, and it will be available to buy very soon on Amazon. Um, also, we have a website where you can stay um, up to date with any changes and stuff like that, or even get you can get a one-chapter download on the website, so you can just try before you buy <laughs> as well. So that website is www.18andlost1818.com.au. Um, AU for Australian URL, but yeah, so that will be where everything book related will kind of streamline through and you can get notified by email if there's any updates to be had. Um, but that, yeah, that's all, that'll all be available there. And then, yeah, after that, we're working on an ongoing thing. We're trying to cultivate more online community for people who want to do projects like this. Um, I've, I've done a full write-up that I'm going to release with the book on how we actually did the whole project step by step by step. So if other people don't want to start their own creative outlet alone. They want to do it with other people. Um, we're going to unpack how we did this book so that you can kind of get that. Um, but yeah, the community, the constant student will be www.constantstudent.com.au. But details for that will also be on the, the A10 and Lost site. But yeah, apart from that, if, um, if, if nothing else from me, uh, my Instagram is at with underscore Joe Weeby, W-E-H-B-E. And obviously I just streamline for those of us who are more love the Instagram and then email notifications, um, which is probably a lot of young people. Um, yeah, I'll endeavor to keep everyone updated there. And I have links to my bio, to my website, et cetera. So you can fall into the, the rabbit hole of all this Joe Weeby education stuff in any of those places. They'll all, they'll all be linking up and telling you about um, what, what's going on. The other thing I'll add is that at the end of the book, we just want to hear more people share their stories and there's instructions for how you can how you can reflect on your own journey and just even if it's just sharing it with friends, even if it's not you're not comfortable posting it, even if you share it with 10 people or something like that privately, um, that's a real ambition behind this project as well, just getting more people telling their, their stories. Yeah. Amazing. I'm going to leave all those links in the description, Joe. As you know, I just appreciate what you do a lot. I highly, highly believe in it. Um, we're here at Rising to support you in any way that we can, any of your co-authors. Um, so yeah, just thank you so much for making the time to be here. Listeners, I hope you took away some gems from this conversation and I will see you all at our next episode here at Rising.